Hello. Well, howdy. It's <laughs> the first podcast that you've done caffeinated in a while, isn't it? It's been a minute. <laughs> I've been off caffeine for a while. Uh-huh. Somebody put the caffeinated caffeinated coffee, the caffeinated coffee on the wrong side, and we made an error. Uh-huh. Airplane. Uh-huh. Hello, and welcome to Chronically Olympus, the podcast in which my co-host and I discuss the Percy Jackson series, chapter by chapter, and today we are discussing The Lightning Thief, chapter 8, titled, We Capture a Flag. So I wonder what happens in this chapter. I am Houdini, on a venture into Hades, you know, probably to try to save somebody, but I'm I'm not going to succeed. Also known as Kristen, and this is my co-host. I'm Kyron, um, today's Game Master and Emergency Battlefield Medic. 100%. Good to meet you. Nice to meet you. Also known as? Chris. Chris. I mean, names have power, so you probably shouldn't just throw that around. Probably shouldn't. You know, you threw out Houdini, so. Here here we go introducing ourselves by name. Uh Uh-huh. What an error. Yep. Yep. Isn't that one of Dresden's name? He's got a Houdini in there somewhere. Uh, no, uh, he's he's named Harry after Harry Houdini. Uh-huh, yeah. Like, his his first three names are all after magicians. Okay. Let's not say those, though, just in case. Uh, so, anyway, how do we start this podcast, Kristen? <sighs> we banter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, you're energetic. I am, I might bet. Uh-huh. So, what do we do to begin the podcast? <laughs> All right. So what we do is we start by bantering, and then we go ahead and read our summaries. Yes. So uh, shall I read my summary first? I don't like usually do read mine first, so it, it would be a weird vibe. Yeah. Today's a weird day. Okay. You have some bullet points for us, though. I do have my bullet point summary. Cool. Uh, camp routine slash sports. Including archery, racing, canoeing, and metalwork. Sword fighting with Luke. Water refreshes Percy. Grover and Quests. Exposition. Story about Half-Blood Hill. The Big Three's Oath. World War II was a demigod war. Quest foreshadowing. Capture the flag in full armor. Percy at the river as an Ares distraction. Percy gets better in the water. The Hermes Athena team wins. Hellhound attacks Percy. Poseidon's mark is above Percy. All bow. Uh, I feel like you're being very little literal here, and that's the difference between us as we've gone through this book, is you're very literal with your bullet points. Yeah. And I'm, I'm diving in for subtext. I mean, it's called a bullet point summary, and and the fact that we do it differently provides value and texture in the podcast, because if we both did the same thing... Wow. Wow. We can have a monotexture podcast. No. That would be so sensory boring. <laughs> you know, what's not sensory boring? The auditory camouflage? Yeah, that one. 
This is going to be a weird episode. Anyway, here's my bullet point summary. Daddy issues. Hydration is important. (laughs) Artemis is child-free. Hera's not a big three member. Was Hitler a half-blood? Churchill? Poseidon's standards for oath-breaking are lower. Percy is never, ever getting a quest. I know you couldn't hear that, listeners, but I did wink quite uh, exaggeratedly. Red versus blue, again. (laughs) Who summoned the hellhound? Hey, look, it's Poseidon. This is apparently bad. All right. There Um, you go. Oh, golly gee. You said... I mean, we have the colors, red red versus blue. Uh Like, uh, obviously funny, uh, you know, 20-year-old reference. But also... um, the blue color, the red color, these symbols that have been present. Yes. Um, what was your point right above that? Uh, Percy is never, ever getting a quest. No, 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 no. The, this one uh, uh, about the standards being lower. Poseidon, the standards for oath-breaking are lower. No, they're not because Zeus broke it first. That's why we have the oak tree on Half-Blood Hill. Like, that's... So, yes, maybe, but we also know that Zeus broke it, too. Yes. And Zeus broke it first. Uh, I mean, that, yes, uh, Zeus did break it first. That was more, rep- well, we'll get there. Let's talk about it when we when we get there. Okay. Um, but let's let's break down the chapter here a little bit. So, we have the next few days of camp. Percy's training. And he's uh, happy. He's f- coming to feel at home. And it's great. Uh, he is bad at pretty much everything. Yeah, except for canoeing. Yeah. Uh, wrestling, foot racing, you know. Uh, there's a really creepy, creepy line in the foot racing paragraph that's just like, uh, the wood nymphs told me not to worry about it. They've had centuries of practice running away from lovesick gods. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that paints one. a picture, doesn't it? Oh, yeah, it does. <laughs> yeah, it does. And then it's like, well, why are you here at this camp? But uh-huh. yeah, oh, man, yeah. <laughs> so, anyway. Percy also says in this section that he understands Luke's resentment of the gods. Yeah. And he says uh, something along the lines of, they could call once in a while, or thunder, or something. Yeah, hence why I put down daddy issues. Yeah. Like, or I guess mommy issues for, uh, you know, Athena kids or whatever. Or uh, Aphrodite's. Anyway, so uh, maybe he's a jack-of-all-trades type and not really good in anything, but we haven't really yeah, found anything. I mean, that... Luke, does, Luke does try to comfort Percy and be like, maybe you actually are a Hermes kid. Yeah. You know? Um But we also have some more discussion about the fact that, yes, there are four empty houses. Yes. Um, Zeus, Poseidon, Hera, and Artemis. And we explain why Artemis and Hera's houses are empty. Yes. Well, we do that. uh, First, we have to go through the entire sword fight. Oh, you want to do the sword fight first? I mean, we usually go in chronological order. So, uh, there is a big sword fight. Well, yeah. I mean, in sword class, they're being trained by Luke. And Luke is... Doing one-on-one training with Percy because he's the newbie and everybody's like, good luck. Yeah, apparently Luke's the best sword fighter there. Yeah. Cool. Uh, Is this foreshadowing? Is it? That they're going to fight each other? Yeah. Maybe. Mm -hmm. I think, I'm going to tell you that I think Uh that Luke is the big big bad. I feel like I've mentioned this already, but I 100% think that Luke is... 
the one who stole whatever happened at the winter solstice yeah. uh, that like triggered all of this. Yeah, for sure. I brought that up. Yeah. I think he stole it. And I think that, yeah, that Percy's totally never going to get a quest. Quest is going to involve getting that back from Luke. Yeah. Whatever it is. Or you know, something. Probably the lightning or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. I think because, I think because we have like five books of this, uh, again, I don't know much about them. I don't know if there's an overarching narrative or they're more self-contained stories uh, with Percy being the main character. However, if there is an overarching narrative, what I would say is, yes, I think Luke is uh, not necessarily the BBEG, but he might be working for them. Oh, yeah, yeah, 100%. Like, he's he's a pawn for somebody else. Yeah, yeah, he's not the big bad. (sighs) Yeah. But he's working for the big bad. Yeah, whoever that may be. Yeah. Maybe it's Hades, so that would be really on the nose if that was true. But. I mean, could be. Yeah. I think it is. I think it is. Because when we, <laughs> when we dive more into this story of who the big three are once we get to Grover after the sword fighting stuff. Yeah. It's gotta be Hades. Yeah. <laughs> that would be so obvious, though. Yeah, but it's either Hades or it's Poseidon. Uh-huh. Like, it's not Zeus because he's the one who, like... I. Who, isn't Zeus the lightning guy? So, like, if it's called the lightning thief, like... Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I guess it can be pretty on the nose. Unless Zeus stole his own lightning. I guess I remember in uh, in Harry Potter, we we introduced the big bad of the series in, like, chapter two of book one. Yeah. Like, Voldemort's named very early on. Yeah. So. I mean, not any. chapter two, but... Yeah. Chapter two is when they're running away from the letters, but... Yeah. <laughs> Oh, sorry. Didn't mean to challenge your encyclopedic Harry Potter knowledge. <laughs> I am uh, a millennial after all. Um, and a Ravenclaw. So anyway, there's this... <laughs> you are a Ravenclaw. Yes, I am. I'm a Hufflepuff. Anyway. I, what What's uh, what's the... Athena? I feel like Athena to understand me. Uh-huh. <laughs> Anyway. Sorry, reference to a song. So they have a little practice sword fight, which is totally not foreshadowing. And Luke is uh, amazingly better than Percy at this, obviously. Uh, and then Luke decides to try to show him some sort of disarming technique. Because it's well, just yeah. like, well. They take a break. Yeah. And everybody rushes the water station. And Luke pours ice water over his head. And Percy goes, oh, that sounds amazing. And he does the same thing. And he gets this flash of energy. Yeah. Same, same as he did with, like, the Minotaur. Yeah. Suddenly strength. Suddenly strength and energy and willpower, and he's refreshed. Which is why I put down hydration as important. Yes, I know. And we uh, and we have another thing about that later. Uh, with the root creek. With the creek and whatnot, and also, like, the canoeing, et cetera. So, yeah, he, he, he gets invigorated by water. Yep. Um, that being said, as the books go on, that might be, like, a, a real hindrance to him. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah, that he needs water like, in order to... Like, how many can- Especially if he's going to go across the river Styx or yeah. something. Like, how many canteens does he have to carry with him to actually be effective in battle? <laughs> like, oh, hang on. Just pour gotta, this yeah. water over my head real quick. Hope he doesn't have to go to a desert for some reason. That's Which is yeah. interesting, though, because in a lot of magic... Like, in, in a lot of magic mythoses and, and stories, running water is a deterrent to magical energies. Yes. And here we have Percy thriving in the water that the water is what is invigorating him yeah that's how so, Poseidon do yeah 
I mean, it makes it makes sense, like, because we're not talking about magic. We're talking about a different mythology entirely. And yeah. so, yeah. Cool. Uh, anyway, so after Percy does this, he is able to reinvigorate and go back into the battle and, like, easily well, yeah. disarms Luke. Luke Luke try, shows everybody the disarming technique. Yeah. And then tells Percy, try to disarm me. And P- Percy successfully does. Yeah. And everybody's like, what? And Luke says, show me that again. Does it? And Percy can't do anything. Yeah. Percy, Percy loses easily. And everyone's like, maybe it's just beginner's luck. Yeah. Uh, but then Luke says, I bet I wonder what Percy could do with a balanced sword. Yes. And I feel like that's also a little foreshadowing. Well, through this entire like, chapter, it's constant. Like, the sword isn't balanced. The sword feels like it wants to not be in my yeah. hand. The sword itself is the problem. Yeah. All of this over and over and over again. So Percy has wielded a sword very successfully once before. Yeah. In in chapter two. Yeah. He, he fought off a kindly one. Yes. With a sword. Yes. That so. he never held the sword before in his life. First time he did, super successful. Now he's holding a sword for training purposes, and it's unbalanced. Yeah. And it's not right. Yeah. And we have all of these metalworkings and forges where people can make their own swords. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I know it's the first week of camp, so he hasn't <laughs> had time to, and he also isn't good at metalworking. But, like, this should be something that 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 is going to be addressed in the near future, and that's why Luke says, you know, He's I wonder a, how he could do with a balanced sword. He's going to get a special sword of some kind eventually. Oh, I'm sure he is. I mean, it's on the cover, so. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. That's a, which I think you should have a trident myself, but, you know, that's a. <laughs> well, well <laughs> wouldn't that be so on the nose? It would be. Uh, so then after that, uh, they go, he has a little sit down chat with Grover, catches up with Grover about how he's not necessarily in trouble and demoted, but, you know. He's, uh, he's yeah. on hold. He is on hold. And that he didn't, you know, this, he didn't blow this as his last chance, which is really a relief yeah. um, for me <laughs> as a reader. I mean, he, like, at the end of the day, he completed his mission. He got No, the, he didn't. At the end of the day, he got Percy to the door and Percy saved him. Uh-huh. So he, at the end of the day, he got Percy to exactly where Zeus's daughter got to before she got killed. Yeah. To the tree. Yeah. And it was the Minotaur slammed Percy against the tree and rattled him through to his core. Uh, so Grover wants a searcher's license, whatever that is. Yeah. So he's going from caper to searcher. Yeah. So we, again, don't know what that means. And neither does Percy. Yeah. Percy tells him, like, I don't, you know. But according to Chiron, uh, their fates are tied together, or Mr. D, their fates are tied together somehow. And, Percy and Grover. Yeah. And the only way that Grover's getting this is if uh, Percy somehow gets a quest, which is never going to happen. And if Grover protects him on that quest. Yes. Like, Grover still has to fulfill the job of protector. Yeah. Before he can get his license or whatever it is that he needs. Yeah. Uh, Then we talk about a little bit about the empty cabins. Yeah. why they're empty. Yep. Uh, and we, we address con- Artemis finally. We confirm that yeah. Artemis is, is empty yeah. and they're not nocturnal folk. Hey, you were right. Yeah, look at that. <laughs> look at that. <laughs> Artemis is the uh, maiden. I was hoping for vampires. She's the maiden. Yeah. She's she's not supposed to have kids. Yeah. And uh, Hera also, uh, she's married, duh. 
it's Zeus's responsibility to run around and make illegitimate children. Uh-huh. Not not Hera's. Goddess of marriage, so obviously she doesn't have any. Uh, so we have been uh, running with the assumption the entire time that Zeus, Hera, and Poseidon were the big three, because they yes. were the first three cabins, and we were wrong about that. Yes. Hera is not big three material. However, it was obviously intended that way because of the fact that that's what Percy assumes. Yeah. Uh, in fact, it is Zeus, Poseidon, and Hades. Yep. Uh, and Hades obviously does not have a cabin here. Because he's not an Olympian. Yeah. Doesn't have a throne in Olympus, does his own stuff. And if he, like, had a, if he had a cabin here, it would be a little unsettling. It would be very goth. Yeah. But what <laughs> But what happens to Hades' spawn? Like, what happens to demigods from Hades? Does he have any? I, I would assume that he does based on the fact that World War II was fought between his yeah. children and Zeus's and Poseidon's. Yeah. But like, we... those those three's demigod children are the reason that World War II happened. And yeah. that's why they then made their oath on the river sticks that the three of them would not have children. Yeah. That they would not sire any more children. Then Zeus messed up. Zeus sired a, sired a girl. And this happened, and 17 years ago, was that 15 years ago, something like that? 17 years ago. 17 years ago, um, this happened, and and a satyr was escorting Zeus's daughter and a group of other half-bloods to the camp. Yeah. And it was in that moment that she defended all of them. And from the monsters that were attacking, because they were sent by Hades, because... Anyway, yeah, you're, you're running away here. There's a well, few things I, I want am, to address. I am. But we have this specific moment talked about where Percy says she didn't do anything. Why? She just existed. Why did they take it out on her for existing? Because she was like the proof of Zeus's violation of this oath. Uh-huh. And it is her. It is that that girl that got punished for it. Yeah. And Hades just got really. Well, I'm. Hades probably can't just go and kill Zeus. No, so. but like they made an oath on the River Styx, which is stated yeah. in this conversation to be what like the strongest oath that could be made. Yeah. And so like Zeus should have had some consequences that weren't just his demigod child dying. Or, probably. Like. Maybe Hades kept the oath and Hades is still angry about it. And, you know, that's why he sent Luke to go steal Zeus's thunder. Hey, look, we figured out the plot of the entire book. <laughs> cool. Can I move on now? Um, but how old is Luke? Uh, I think he said 19. He's, I thought he was 17. Uh, I don't think we ever state his age, but uh, Percy says he looked to be about 19. Okay. So we never actually say what his real age is. Okay. But if he's 17... Mm-hmm. And was sired at that exact moment, or at that exact time after she was discovered and killed. Uh huh. Then it makes sense that he could have been groomed by Hades. Uh huh. To take his revenge against Zeus. Yeah. Um. So several things here. Uh, I just feel like the timing is suspicious. It is, and I want to get to that in a second. But uh, so we never actually say Hitler, but. We never say Hitler. We're, we're very strongly implying. Yeah, we talk very heavily about World War II being a war between the gods. Yeah. And the uh, demigod spawn of Hades, per- Poseidon, and Zeus. Apparently the, uh, the spawn of Hades are pretty terrible people. Um, which I think is interesting because, like, in... You know, You're making big assumptions. 
<laughs> that it, that it, that that Zeus is maybe that so. Zeus's son wasn't Hitler. Hitler no. You're like no, no it Hades was definitely Churchill. Churchill. I mean, it, actually, no. It says here. Um, hang on. It says the winning side, Zeus and Poseidon. Yeah. So the Allies having won the war, we can assume or Zeus Hades was on the yeah. yes. Hades was Hitler. Yes. Um. And anyway. we've lost our argument. <laughs> um. So. That being said, I think it's interesting because, like, I, I'm not an expert on Greek mythology, but I, I know that in the mythos, uh, Hades isn't necessarily, like, a satanic figure. Like, he's not, like, the antithesis of, of Zeus or whatever, and he's not necessarily evil in and of itself. Mm-hmm. Like, his whole thing is just like, yeah, guard the underworld, souls of the dead. I I keep them from escaping and overrunning the the mortal realm, etc., etc. And he's not really an evil figure. Mm-hmm. So... Painting him in this light in this book is kind of interesting. Yeah, it is a little weird. Yeah. Um, is it before we get into all of this that Percy asks his questions about missions, quests to the underworld? Um, no. No? We, it's, we it's do all this, this first. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, because it's right there. Yeah. So we address all this first. Um, and then this oath happened, uh, Grover says, 17 years ago, Zeus uh, fell off the wagon, TV starlet, etc., etc., uh, I wonder if this is like a really subtle reference to a real person that we wouldn't have. Uh, Somebody that we don't with get. big, big '80s hair, big poofy hair, and this is kind of why I put down Poseidon's standards for oath breaking are lower because, like, Zeus broke the oath first, but it was just like, oh, hey, here's this famous TV starlet, and then Poseidon was just like, well, Zeus is doing it. There's this um, chick who works at a candy store. I guess she's kind of cute. Um, <laughs> I would say so that was that's like, less vain and a higher yeah. standard. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Excuse me. <laughs> Like it wasn't a big celebrity or anything. It was just yeah, like, hey. which means that he's not he that he does have a higher standard. Okay, so yeah, rude listeners. The look my uh, co-host just gave me. Your that. wife <laughs> just gave you the look. Your wife just gave you. Let's clarify right here. Your co-host thinks that you're just wrong. Your wife is is a little sad at your statement. Okay, maybe Poseidon's standards are higher. Uh huh. There we go. Anyway, so I also want to address the timing issue here, because what it says uh, in the text, which is what we're talking about conveniently, is that 17 years ago, Zeus sired this child. And when said child was 12, they tried to bring her to the camp. Yep, so So five years ago. this event that we're talking about would have happened five years ago. Now, that puts it right in the, you know, realm of possibility that the satyr that Grover is talking about in the story is in fact Grover. Yeah, I think, and I and think that it is. And he's talking about himself in the I third I think person. that it is. Yeah. I 100% agree with you there that that's, that's what happened and that's who it was. That it was Grover's first attempt at bringing somebody in. Yeah. And that Grover has had the great misfortune of trying to bring in two big three <laughs> children. Which means that Grover is kind of a big deal. Yeah. Is that he finds these... That he's been able to find them and and get them all the way to the hill. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm pretty sure we're going to find out that uh, Grover is the satyr he's talking about in this story. I think so. For sure, yeah. Um, Do we think we know the other two half-bloods that came with Thalia, though? They would have to be people who are approximately five years older than Yeah, so they'd they'd be around, yeah. They'd be around 17. Yeah. And I mean, like the only the only older kids we've been introduced to are Annabeth and Luke. Am I wrong 
Uh, well, Annabeth is like 14. She's the wrong age. Yeah. Uh, but am I wrong in thinking that we established that Luke has been in the camp for five years? Yeah, I think that I think that's right. But I'd have to look at his uh, his necklace again. Yeah. So, so one of them might have been Luke. Yeah. So that's interesting. That's I mean, and that's what I'm saying. Like Luke is the right age for this. Yeah. Whether he's older, he's the right age to be a part of this. Correct. Um, so anyway, that's why they call it Half-Blood Hill. Uh, you know, her, her spirit, uh, turned oh, yeah, into turned, this, yeah. Into Zeus looked down and, and made her a source of protection of the camp. Yeah. In this moment of her self-sacrifice to protect the others. Yeah. When she faced all of these monsters alone. Yeah. Without any training. Yeah. So that's a thing. So she turned into the tree. Uh, are, are we going to meet Thalia when we eventually go to the underworld is the question. I mean, and so now we're moving into the underworld conversation. Yes. And so after we talk about Half-Blood Hill, Percy asks, has anyone actually made it to the underworld? Yeah. Because we know that he wants to go rescue his mother's soul. We already talked about it. There's already been foreshadowing. Oh, it's totally. Like, I think it's going to happen. We think it's going to happen. I don't think it happens in this book, but I think eventually. Oh, yeah. In the series, somehow it's going to happen. Yeah. I, I think it... Now that we've gotten this far into this book, it is beyond the scope of this book. Yeah. However, the initial discussion in this book, I thought that was going to be the thing in the book. Yeah. But now that we're this far into the book and we've gotten as much information as we are, I think it's beyond the scope of this book. Yeah. Um, however, we discuss three people. Percy, Percy asks about missions to the underworld. And Grover tells us about three people who have made it there, yeah. but none of them have successfully uh, gotten back with whoever they were trying to pull back out of the underworld. Uh-huh. So we have Orpheus, Orpheus, uh, Heracles, and Houdini. Houdini. But, you know, three three notable heroes of the past. And Orpheus made it the closest to yes. their goal of bringing back somebody from the underworld. Which is probably a story that we should be familiar with. Like, this is a thing. I mean, I know about Heracles. I don't know about Orpheus. Yeah, so, that was yeah. the thing. Don't know about Houdini. Don't know about Houdini. I would really like to know about why, Houdini. Why was he going down there? Which is interesting because one of the one of the few things I know about Houdini is that uh, he was a very vocal uh, skeptic of anything paranormal. And like was set out to debunk a lot of magicians who claimed to have actual powers. Yeah. And so it's it's funny. And she's like, yeah, he was actually a demigod and went to hell once. Yeah. <laughs> so then she, Percy changes the subject. Yes. And it, and, uh, and and Grover warns him off. Like, yeah. don't do it. You're not going to do it. Don't try to do it. And Percy's like, yeah, obviously not thinking about that. Yep. And just moves on. And he, he, Percy can tell that Grover doesn't believe that Percy's actually dropped the subject. Like, Grover's yeah. smarter than that. Grover knows Percy better than that. You really like Grover as a character. I, I mean, <laughs> to me it seems that Grover fills a very specific role in this story. Uh-huh. And I haven't fully been able to, like, identify it. Like, he's not the quirky comic relief, but he's the Neville Longbottom. Uh-huh. Like, he's he's yeah. the loyal, true friend who can't do anything but is necessary to the success of everything in the end and saves a whole bunch of people's lives just yeah. by being who he is. He could have been the chosen one. Yeah, and he 100% could have been the chosen one. Uh-huh. And also destroys a whole crux and all of this stuff. Yeah. Spoilers for a book that came out 20 years ago. Yeah. 
how could you? I know. Um, it's not that long ago. <laughs> <laughs> the book. Okay, sorry. Anyway, um, then we have a brief little discussion about whether or not... Uh, 10, 10, 12 years ago. Yeah. Sorry. Whether or not... Uh, we have a brief little discussion about whether or not Percy could be Big Three material. Uh, and then Grover's just like, well, you know, if you are, you're never getting out of this camp like, yeah. ever, and I'm not going to be promoted, and so let's not talk about that. Yeah, because you'll never get a quest, yeah. and you'll never be able to leave, and I'll never be able to help you, and our fates are tied, so if you are Big Three, we're both screwed. Yeah. So that's the thing. Uh, but then it's time for Capture the Flag. Yep. Cool. Now we have Capture the Flag. And we set up a little Capture the Flag game. Uh, we draw our teams who are... Uh, it's not drawing teams. It's not yeah. random. It's yeah. like there are alliances made and, and favors traded in order yeah. to get support. So apparently it's not always the same sides versus each other. Yeah. But like they, it's a fluctuating group, I yeah. guess. Uh, but they do two sides. This time it happens to be... Ares and Athena, who usually lead the teams, but not always. Yeah. Um, and they bring the flags out. Uh, Luke kind of goes over the idea of what they're doing, because they've made alliances. Um, you know, Hermes made alliances with Athena and Apollo. Yep. And, and everybody and, else is on the other side. Yes. Yeah, so with Athena, we have the flags come out with colors and symbols on them. Yeah. And the flag for Ares is warlike and red yeah. which we already knew red was Ares's color yes but we have and we have Athena's flag come out gray with a barn owl on it uh-huh and so we have another color introduced now so along with our cabin numbers i'm now starting to track colors too okay cuz Ares is red yeah and Athena's is gray yes Poseidon is, I'm going to assume, going to be blue. I have a counter to that, which we're going to address at the very end of the yes. chapter. But and so <laughs> that's why I'm not writing it down, that Poseidon is blue. Um, but we have other colors that have been kind of discussed, where we have Artemis in this glowing white uh, cabin. So I think uh, Artemis is white. Uh-huh. But, like, there are going to be... And I'm going to have to go back and double check some of these colors because they're obviously present, uh-huh. but I wasn't paying attention. I mean, I've been paying attention for color imagery, but like yellow has been talked about and I'm trying to figure out who was yellow. Yeah. I did not recall. That's all. Okay. So the colors, the colors confused me here because we have Athena with a gray flag, but then their team has blue plumes. So... I don't know, but Aries has a red flag and red plumes, so I would assume that. So yeah, I got confused there for a second, but Athena obviously has the gray flag, and yeah. then at the end when they capture Aries's flag, and Luke carries it across the line, it transforms into a different color flag. Yeah. What color does it transform into? The red banner shimmered and turned to silver. Yeah. So it's gray, yeah. silver. All right. Okay. Anyway. Yep. I was wrong there. Cool. Anyway, so Percy starts sizing up the competition here. Yeah. Uh, with everybody on the other side. Uh, you have Dionysus's two kids who are, uh, you know, apparently really good athletes despite looking like little chalky boys. Well, yeah, because um, we have the teams broken up where the two largest cabins, Hermes and Apollo, are teamed up with Athena. 
Uh-huh. And then everybody else, the other four cabins that have people in them are teamed up with Ares. Yeah. Uh, Demeter's kids uh, are druids. Um, you know, Aphrodite's sons and daughters just spend all the day looking at themselves and aren't really a challenge, apparently. Yeah. yeah. So basically, he's like, we, we have the advantage because we have numbers and more, like, clever and athletic people. But then Ares' cabin has 12 of the biggest, meanest, ugliest kids on Earth. Yeah. Um, so, so, yeah, we, we uh, Luke assigns... Percy to his position at the creek. Yeah. And the creek is the boundary line between the two areas. So you have to get the flag across the creek. Yeah. So he's at the boundary. Yes. And Percy checks in with Annabeth trying to get the plan because he knows she's the planner. She He knows she's the strategist. Yeah. And he doesn't get any information from her except, did Luke tell you where you are? Yeah. I'm at the creek. Yep. All right. Perfect. He's got a really big shield. Athena already always has a plan. Yeah. But yeah, we before all of this, Dionysus throws his hands up in the air and everybody's armor appears on the tables. Yeah. And Percy has a giant shield with the symbol of... I wish I could just remember the names of the gods with the symbol of Hermes on it. Uh-huh. Uh, the, the Caduceus. 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 Yeah. yeah. The Caduceus. That's what I keep saying in uh-huh. my head. But the yeah. Caduceus. Anyway. So he's got this shield, giant shield. Yeah. With a caduceus on it. All seems very Hunger Games-esque a little bit. Yeah, it does uh, feel a little. We're going to throw a bunch of teenagers out into the wood with weapons and, you know, they're going to all fight each other. Yep. And cool. they're totally not going to kill each other. Yep. Because not allowed. Yep. Even you can't maim. Can't, uh, can't maim. Prisoners may be disarmed, but may not be bound or gagged. Apparently this is an issue uh, that they've had in the past. Yep. <laughs> cool. So but you can take prisoners, which is interesting. Can yeah. you do that in Capture the Flag? I feel like you can do that in Capture the Flag. Yeah, something like that. Depends on your variant. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so anyway, uh, they head out. I've only ever p- played Capture the Flag twice in my entire life, so yeah. don't know. Percy doesn't have any magic items, man. But yeah, they do specifically mention magic items existing and also like... Clarice has one. Clarice has one, and uh, Percy asks Annabeth if she has any magic items that he could have, and she's just like, uh, you're by the creek. Yeah. Go be by the creek. I have uh, a plan. Athena always has a plan. Pretty sure she does have one because she does turn invisible at some yes. point. Yes, and it's a, so. it's a cap. It's a hat. It's the hat that she's holding in her hand like she just took it off. Yeah. She has a magic baseball cap that turns her invisible. I wonder how that's going to come into play later. Oh, yeah. <sighs> That's going to be a thing. Uh, anyway, so he goes and he's doing Border Patrol. He is standing by himself at the creek, you yep. know, as the one Border Patrol guard against the entire team of uh, he's not. He might not be the only one. It's a wider <laughs> area. But he does definitely hear the battle start and uh-huh. knows that he feels left out, that he's not actually a part of this game. Yeah. But as Annabeth said, Athena had a plan, you know, Annabeth had a plan which was specifically to use Percy as a bait for Ares to keep it, Clarice busy. Yeah. And to keep some of the biggest, beefiest uh, athletes of Ares distracted from protecting their flag. Yeah. And that's exactly what happens. And that's what works because Clarice comes after Percy. With, with like five other people. Three or with three, four or five other people. I think it's five total. So I think yeah. it's four people. But yeah. 
Uh, while he's standing there, he does hear some sort of, like, very uh, scary growl off in the woods. Yes, yeah, he hears a growl off in the woods, and the woods, we know, are stocked with monsters and game and stuff like that. So yeah. he he hears something ominous that we kind of, you know, we know exists and we know it's going to come back. But, like, we have Clarice show up and the sound goes away of that monster. Yeah. And Clarice starts bullying, goes after him. She has a magic spear. Yeah. Which Annabeth warned her him to stay away from. Not to be confused with a spear magic helmet. Yeah. No, no, no. Just a magic spear. <laughs> and it's got light, lightning power. It's got electricity. It's zappy. Yep. And, uh, yeah. Push so. Percy down. He ends up in the creek. And suddenly, he's Creek Boy with his magic water powers again. <laughs> Hydration. Hydration is important. important. Just get him wet. Oof. Yep. Watch him grow like those little things that used to... Little figures that you could put in water and yeah, like they the get like they get things, like really the dinosaurs big. and yeah. the little eggs. They're like not eggs, but the little pill capsule things. Yeah, yeah. That's Percy. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I always remember the texture of those being really weird because they're yeah. not really slimy. Oh yeah, for sure. Super slimy and gross. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so he gets pushed into the creek, comes back, has a uh, invigorated with strength, and very handily defeats like these yeah. five. Kids Disarms there. the first one, takes down two more, breaks Clarice's magic spear. Like yeah, between his shield and sword. Yeah, gets uh, she gets very upset about that, as yeah. I would be too. And then uh, you know, sword busts her in the, the face, yeah. and uh, yeah, he he takes them all on. He cuts off the plumage from one of their helmets. Yeah, uh, and while this is happening. Luke goes running across the line, and the flag yep. is captured. Flag changes, and hooray, they've won. Uh, Percy was a successful dra- distraction. Huzzah. And he's upset about it. And and Annabeth it reveals herself. Yeah. And says, I was about to jump in. Like, I was here to protect you yeah. if you needed it, and you obviously didn't need it. Yeah. And then she notices that the big cut on his arm that he got, and he even shouted, no maiming, when the guy cut him. Yeah. The sword cut on his arm. She says, how did you do that? And he goes, well, it was a sword cut, obviously. And she goes, no, look at it. It's healed. Yeah. And before Percy's very eyes, it scars and the scar fades. Yeah. Magic. Uh, Yeah. Like, apparently he's also not necessarily invulnerable, but heals very quickly in water as well. Yeah. So he's got some some longevity powers from that, I guess. Yeah. Annabeth, again, repeats the line, I told you, Athena always, always has a plan. Yeah. And so I'm wondering if that's a little nod to something like, yeah, maybe. is Athena going to be behind the scenes doing something here that we're going to find out about later? Yeah, maybe. But like we, we say Athena has a plan at least twice yeah, in this chapter. In this chapter. So. It is, it is going to be foreshadowing of some kind, or it's going to be something that becomes like the way that they always get saved is going to be because of Annabeth's plans. Yeah. She's always got a plan. Yep. Cool. And a magic baseball cap. What more do you need? Yeah, indeed. It's um, not directly stated that the mat, that the hat is the invisibility item, but it's directly stated that she is holding the hat as if she just took it off when she appears. Yeah. Out of nothing. Uh, and then she calls uh, Kyron over, I think. Well, no, no, no. We, we have everybody celebrating Luke. Huzzah, uh-huh. we won. Luke has his moment. And then we hear the growl again, and the hellhound oh, yeah. jumps out and attacks Percy. Well, before that happens, um, he comes out of the creek, and like his whole body just collapses and feels. Uh, oh really yeah, weak she and tells whatnot. him come out of the water. Yeah, and then he just fatigue. And she gets very upset about that. 
Uh, she says, this is not good. I didn't want, I, I assumed it would be Zeus. Uh, so she is very upset about the fact that he is apparently Poseidon. She's post- put this together. Yeah. Well, and we have the discussion earlier uh-huh. about Athena and Poseidon having a rivalry in the past. Yeah. And so that makes sense as to why she would be frustrated that it was Poseidon and not Zeus of the big three that he is the child of. Because he's her ticket out of here. Because he is. Like, if it is one of the big three, it has to be him that gets the, that her quest is centered around. Yeah. That her prophecy is centered around. Yeah. And if it's Poseidon, then her mom and his dad have beef, apparently. Yeah. Or at least some kind of competition. Yeah. That was stated earlier in the book. And so. Like the Montagues and the Capulets. She was, over again. she was obviously hoping that it would be Zeus. Uh-huh. She figured it would be Zeus. Yeah. But as soon as he gets out of the water and, and his body gets fatigued, she can tell that it is the water specifically and she knows it's Poseidon. Yeah. So is, is it going to be the three of them? Is it Annabeth, Percy, and Grover that are all going to go on this quest together because they're... Their fates are all somehow linked. Well, their fates are obviously all somehow linked. That's yeah. very, very heavily established here. But yeah, I, th- I think that that's, I mean, it's probably going to be the three of them on an adventure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, and then celebration gets interrupted because a giant wolf jumps out of the woods and, uh, and it's a hellhound. Goes, yes. Goes straight for Percy. Yep. Uh, starts attacking him. Starts uh, digging. Rips it rips off. through his armor on his chest. Yeah. Uh, and then Karen just kills it. Just like, well, it seems it, it, it's described to me like a bunch of people attack it. Like uh-huh. that it, it is shot with a hail of, of arrows. Yeah. There's a cascade of whacking sounds. So maybe more than just Karen, but yeah, who knows? We don't actually, I don't think we actually ever state who kills the thing. Well, yeah. Uh, but it falls down dead. Uh, and then Beth is like, holy crap, that's a hellhound. Uh, they're, they're not supposed to be here. And yeah. Karen's just like, yep. Somebody, somebody summoned, summoned it. We like, didn't put that thing here. Straight up, just immediately, somebody summoned it. So, somebody summoned it. So, who summoned the Hellhound? Um, because I feel like all of our major players are accounted for. Like, it for sure probably wasn't Clarice, because she's right there in the battle when this thing shows up, too. Yeah, I mean, so it I shows like up it. right before Clarice shows up. So, yeah. if I had summoned a Hellhound to attack Percy, I would not immediately walk up to Percy and start attacking him. Yeah, because that seems like putting herself in harm's way. So, I feel like she's suspect number one, but it doesn't make sense that she would do it. Um, you know, Luke's busy off capturing a flag with his team. Like he well, probably when, didn't... when does one have to summon a Hound in order for it to show up? <sighs> yeah. Like, when did this happen? Well, it wouldn't even make sense. Like... Everybody who we'd suspect is in the woods playing capture the flag. Like, would they put themselves in harm's way if they summoned it? Yeah, and they'd I don't just know. be there. I mean, everybody's playing capture the flag. That's kind of the whole point is that everyone's there. Yeah. So we'll find out, obviously. But somebody summoned it, and it, it I'm sure it will be unraveled. Yeah. But somebody summoned it eventually, or it's one of those things that, like, uh, you know. Is in like book three of Dresden that has never gotten addressed ever, and that's just like, nope, we're going to finish the series, and nobody will ever say who summoned the Hellhound. <laughs> it was just a thing that happened and goes away. Anyway, but they do deal with the Hellhound, uh, and then Annabeth is just like, hey, Kyron, you really need to look at this. And 
throws Percy in the water. I mean, she she forces him to go back into the water while he's yeah. he's like, I'm fine. And she's like, no, you're not. You're going to bleed out. You're, you're in a really bad spot, dude. Yeah. And then all of his wounds start closing up. And Ermagerd, there's a little sign. Yep, and and he and Percy's like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'd like he's very apologetic. He doesn't want all of this attention. He doesn't want anyone to make, you know, a big deal out of it. But he is healing on his chest, and nobody's looking at his chest healing. Yeah, they're all looking, and and Annabeth says, "There, look above your head." Points. Yeah, and it is a trident, a little hologram trident, little, uh, floating over his head. What color is it? It is green. In it's fact. green. Yeah. Tis green. So, maybe Poseidon's color is green. Maybe. So, yeah. I've, I've put blue and green. Uh-huh. Penciled those in. So, who's blue? That's the question. Who is blue? Yeah. I'm going to have to go read through all the descriptions of the ho- of the uh, houses again, of the of the cabins again, because yeah. one of them was blue. And again, Annabeth is very upset. She's like, this is really, really not bad. Good. The, yeah, this is really bad. Uh, Chiron's just like, oh, hey, it's determined. And then everybody bows, bows down. down. Like, to the crap. son of the sea god. Whoa. Because he is he is up there. I mean, Poseidon's number three, basically. Yeah. Or number two. I don't know. Well, I mean, I would say after Hera. Yeah. Like Zeus and Hera and then Poseidon. Yeah. So. And so. he is like the highest ranked god represented here in the entire camp now. Yeah. So that's a thing. Yeah. Cool. We finally said it. I mean, we called that in, like, what, chapter two? Yes, but we have <laughs> described Percy as being undetermined, and Chiron says it is it determined. There you go. And I think that that was just a really powerful statement. Yeah. I, so he's a big deal. I wrote, huh? it, I wrote it down. I wrote it down as one of my potential favorite sentences. Uh-huh. So, but yeah, he's a big deal. There you go. Cool. What do we do next? But even Chiron bows to him. Yeah. That's That's intense. All right. There we go. Well, did we cover everything in the chapter? I think so. I wrote down, Poseidon claimed Percy, question mark. Is that, like, an active action on Poseidon's part to have that show up? Or was that just, like, Percy's power coming out of him? Don't know. So... That's that's the question I have because they say earlier in the book that your parent has to claim you basically. Yeah. And okay. then after that whole display, Poseidon's just like, okay, fine, yeah, sure, it's obvious. I can't really hide this anymore. Sure, you're my kid, whatever. Yeah. Maybe. Here, have a little hologram. Yeah. Good job. Yep. Other thing, it's funny that the sign is like a little spinning hologram above his head. Yeah. Very. I, I mean, it's how he describes <laughs> it. It's obviously a glowing symbol floating above his head. Yeah. And uh, does he move into the new cabin in this chapter? Because no. I feel like he's he's got to go move into his uh, no. into Poseidon's cabin. Apparently, the next chapter. What's the next chapter called? Uh, we'll get to that. Okay, <laughs> because uh, that that's going to be some speculation. But we need to finish this chapter up yeah. first. So the next thing that we do uh, after discussing the chapter is our favorite sentence. Yeah. What's your favorite sentence from this chapter? Uh, my favorite sentence is. The water seemed to wake up my senses, as if I just had a bag of my mom's double espresso jelly beans. I <laughs> loved that. I loved the double espresso jelly beans. Yep. Especially on a day like today, where I accidentally had caffeine. Uh-huh. Woo! You need some double espresso jelly beans? Uh, no, no, no. We're good. <laughs> I had four shots of espresso. <laughs> it should have been decaf. Uh-huh. 
He didn't drink the whole thing. Yeah, you took it away from me. That's true. <laughs> for your own health and safety. Yeah. For my heart. Yeah. Um, all right. So my favorite sentence, I wrote down two different ones. Okay. Uh, one of them was, I would have been shish kebobbed. Yeah. And the other one was, I mean, Olympus had to have liability issues, right? That was one of mine that yeah. I was going to go with. I liked that one. Got to have some kind of insurance. Yeah. Got to have some some kind of liability issues. Yeah. Anyway. So there you go. Yep. What do we do next? Next we do our rewrites. Nice. <laughs> All right. So do you want to go first or should I? Um, I mean, you read your summaries first, so I'll go ahead and do my rewrite first. All right. Um, and uh, as as has been new tradition, I guess, I tell you what the perspective is before I get into it. Yes, so please. you can actually like understand it. Yep. Um, so I really liked, and we didn't really go over this at all, but I liked the whole section where Chiron's laying out the ground rules for Capture the Flag, who's just like, you know, fair game, all magic items are allowed, the banner must be prominently displayed, etc., etc. I wrote this from the perspective of Chiron being the DM of this particular campaign that the kids are going on. Okay. So, um, I, that's, that was my, that was my, uh, takeaway from that. All right, so here's my rewrite. Hmm, yes. Should be a pretty balanced battle overall. Uh, both teams have a good mix of melee and ranged, a few casters. I probably should have nerfed a few of the magic items. I mean, Clarice and that plus two spear with a bonus to lightning damage are a bit overpowered. Uh, though we'll see how that plays with Percy's uh, racial bonus. At least he figured out how to make use of that difficult terrain. Uh, hey, what what the hell? What the literal hell? That hound is like a challenge rating 16. Those kids are not ready for that. Whose idea? Ah, uh, uh, well, at least it rolled low on initiative. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that was my uh, take on Karen being the DM of that uh, okay. encounter. All right. Well, I did mine. You should have said Hades. Uh Uh-huh. What in the literal Hades? What in sticks? All right. Well, mine I did from the perspective of the Hellhound. (laughs) Cool. Summonings are always disorienting. (laughs) But I'm here. The immortal corner of the mortal world. I've missed the trees. The body god hunts. It's... It's been some time since I was freed into a place as formidable as this. Half-bloods. Fools. But I can smell the power of this lone demi. His blood calls to me. But he's not alone as I make my approach. I must delay. I can smell Ares' spawn as they descend upon my prey. Here now, what a tasty display of power the boy with the blue feather makes. Driving off the Ares' brats. Now is my chance. I must strike before the others gather. I pounce for his blood, for his heart, for his meat. I am too late. I should have felled the Ares seed with him. Too late. The arrows make their purchase, and I must flee this mortal body once more. I'll be back, sea boy. Wow. That was intense. (laughs) Mine was so much more whimsical. That yes. was, uh, <laughs> yes, yours was. They are just like, nope, I want, I was going to say I want boy meat, but that, <laughs> that 
And I'm... <laughs> Yeah, no, don't say things like that. <laughs> Make my head a dean job so much harder. <laughs> I feel like you have a uh, file with all, all these things I say out of turn uh, saved somewhere, and you're just going to edit them together in a one-hour cut of, uh, of, of criticisms. Creep, of creepy criticisms. <laughs> uh-huh. No. I did for the first three books of Narnia. I had a bloopers uh, file uh-huh. that I just added the bloopers from each one that I didn't use. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I don't keep that updated anymore. Anyway, very, very visceral and intense. Yeah. Thanks. Like it. Um, so the other thing from the book that we totally skipped over. Yeah. That I wanted to talk about from this chapter. Yes. Is, uh, underwater basket weaving. Yeah, that was a thing. <laughs> now Grover is jealous. Like that's a real skill. Yeah. It's a real <laughs> useful skill. Yep. As, as they are sitting by the water discussing quests and, Hades and the big three and sticks and uh, getting Percy's mother back. We're just watching these three, the water ones or the dryads. Yeah. We're, we're watching these. Naiads, sorry. We're watching these couple naiads doing underwater basket weaving. Yeah. Which I think is just hilarious. So That's what they're into. Yep. <laughs> Taking these, these reeds and doing some underwater basket Percy weaving. Percy might be good at that. He didn't try that one. Yeah, he didn't try that one. He might be pretty good. But he's not supposed to talk to these flirts or whatever. Yeah, I guess not. But yeah. I feel like he should be able to breathe underwater. We'll find out what's uh-huh. going on with that eventually, I'm sure. Yeah. Anyway, that was the only other thing I wanted to talk about in this <laughs> chapter just to bring up because it was funny. Yeah. Um, But we constantly have Percy surrounded by water in some format. Uh. Uh-huh. And that he hasn't, you know, figured out any of this stuff yet is interesting. Yeah. All right, cool. Onward. What's the next chapter called? Uh, the next chapter, chapter nine, is called I Am Offered a Quest. So I wonder what happens in that chapter. But he'll never, ever get a quest. But he'll never <laughs> get a quest. And Grover will never be able to get his license. And Annabeth will never be able to fulfill her destiny. So for sure, yeah. Uh, he gets offered a quest. That's chapter nine. Whoa. There you go. But I mean, we know that's what that's that's what's going to happen at the end of the chapter. Maybe the whole first ninety percent of the chapter will be him realizing he's really good at underwater basket weaving. Yeah, well, maybe he'll be trying it for once. Yeah, and he'll be talking to the naiads. Gotta gotta hang out with those. He'll get a naiad girlfriend. <laughs> would make sense. Yeah, would. <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us today, listeners, as we discuss Chapter 8 of The Lightning Thief. Join us again sometime in the next two weeks uh, when we discuss Chapter 9, I Am Offered a Quest. In the meantime, if you want to interact with us, you can do so at Chronically Podcast on Facebook and Instagram, at Chronically Pod on Twitter, or you can email us your fan art of underwater basket weaving naiads at chronicallypodcast at gmail.com. You can also support us on Patreon if you're feeling uh, you know, generous at patreon.com slash chronically podcast. Throw your offering into the fire as it were. Yes. We, throw- uh, <laughs> yes. Yes. We, we just enjoy that smoke. Yes. You just throw your <laughs> offering into the fire. Fabulous. <laughs> and until next time. And until next time, if water helps you feel better, stay near the water. And don't forget to wet your sword. (laughs) It'll help with balance issues for sure. Uh Uh-huh.
Bye. Bye. Somebody put the caffeinated caffeinated coffee, the caffeinated coffee on the wrong side. What what is what is Grover? A satyr. And a satyr was escorting Athena's flag come out in yellow. Not yellow. It was ten feet long, glistening gray with a painting of a barn owl above an olive tree. Oh, well, never mind. <laughs> that goes that whole train of thought. You're energetic. I am. I might bet. Uh-huh. I am. I'm going to have a Reese's Peanut Butter Cup so I can get some sugar in the mix. Yeah. Artemis's team has blue plumes on their helmets. Uh, Athena's. Yeah, the Art- uh, yeah Artemis's, you know. <laughs> Hermes uh-huh. and... Um, what's the other one? Apollo. Apollo. Yeah. Anyway, it seems as though you're pretty energetic, but you burned off a lot of that. Or you can email us your fan art of underwater basket weaving nymphs. Nymphs? Naiads. Naiads. Of underwater basket weaving naiads. What is the, what's what's the word for stuff that's just expository? Explaining? What's what's the word? Exposition. Exposition. I can get expository. (laughs) Can't get the noun form. Uh Uh-huh. Would you like a Reese's? I'm good. I feel like Grover fills, fills, fills. I feel like Grover fills. I feel like Grover fills a very fills. can't use feel and fill in the same sentence. Uh-huh. I feel like Grover... To me, it seems that 